Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we're, we're truly in a new season, I feel. And uh, you know, we see we, in this last few months, we met so many new people. And uh, I want to say if you've been here, you know, if you're new, especially in the last few months, we want to say you are so welcome. We're so blessed to have you as part of our church family. So, yeah, thank you for making this your, your church home and trusting us to be, you know, uh, spiritual models in your life and a place where you can really make this your spiritual home and get your roots down deep. Amen? You know, and so that's why we like to, you know, um, join together in worship. You know, we believe the church is the church when it gathers together. And when it gathers together, there's something so special. It's called the presence of God comes into his house. And, and it's because you're special too as well. So we're talking about shifting into a new level of life. Because that's what I believe life is all about. We're never to remain stagnant in the same place. We're to move forward. And sometimes it takes a shift intentionally on our part to make that happen. Do you understand that? Okay, let's bow our heads, let's pray. Let's ask God's blessing on this word this morning. Thank you, Father, for your presence here. Thank you for every single person here. Thank you for the power of your word to change our lives. Father, let this word become truth that sets us free, that releases us into the greater things that you have for us. And as we do that, Lord, it just glorifies you. So thank you for this time in the Word of God. Anoint my lips to preach it. Anoint every ear to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Shift to a new level. Amen. I believe that God is constantly working on us, challenging on us to not get stuck in the same place, right? But to move forward in our life, move forward in our faith, move forward, and it takes a shift to move forward. You know, when we allow shifts, we get things happening in our life. You know, things happen to us first. Like we get a new attitude. We can get new perspectives. We can get new habits. We can make new and better choices. You know, and we could end up getting breakthroughs and miracles happening in our lives. When we allow, when we allow shifts in our life, then God can shift through us and he can shift for us. Shifts are powerful things. Shifts can do things like bring answers to prayer, open doors of opportunity, change the circumstances in your life, bring healing into your life, you know, restore things back to you. In the Bible, we see that there, there are shifts in the Bible. The Bible talks about shifts. And, and I see, essentially, there are three shifts of God on your screen. There's a shift, first of all, in us. Then there's a shift through us. And then there's a shift for us. Now, we see these three shifts in the Word of God. And we see it in the story, especially of Peter and his fishermen friends, when they have an encounter with Jesus. Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, message version. Once when, he, when, once when he, of course that was Jesus, was standing on the shore of Lake Genesaree, the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. Now he noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were, scrubbing, were out scrubbing their nets. He climbed into the boat that was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Sitting there, using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the crowd. 
When he had finished teaching, he said to Simon, push out into deep water and let your nets out for a catch. Right there. Here's the first shift. Simon, or Peter, he encounters Jesus. He puts faith in Jesus and in his words. Simon said, Master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. But if you say so, second shift, I will let down the nets. A simple act of faith and obedience on his part. And then the, then the Bible says, it was no sooner said than done, and the third shift happened. A huge shift. A huge haul of fish. Straining in this past capacity, they waved to their partners in the other boat to come help them. They filled both boats, nearly swamping them in with the catch. So right in here, we see shift. A shift happened in him and Peter. A shift happened through him, through his obedience and his act of faith. And then, and then a shift happened, not just for him, but for them, because there were other fishermen in the boat. Do you see that? So the first thing that we see in this story is this, that when you let Jesus into your boat, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And you know what else we see in this story? It's this, that Jesus loves to help people, his friends, especially when people get stuck in this place in, in, in life, when they're ready to give up and they've relegated themselves to a low level of giving to the circumstances, to the ordinaries and to the averages of life that surround them. But listen, before Jesus could help them, they had to do a couple of things before so that a divine shift could happen in their life. So here we see it's not all up to God, and it's not all up to us. But listen, we have to be open and to be e obedient for God to guide and direct us. Do we see that? And you notice here that Jesus never commanded him, them, did he? It's more like, you know, I suggest you do this. And most of the time, that's the way it is with us and God. He never demands of us, does he? It's always like a suggestion. Most of the time, when it comes to the things of life, it usually comes in the form of a, of a prompt or a nudge where Holy Spirit is trying to guide us and to direct us, reminding us of our, what we already know through His Word. And He's just bringing it to our minds. And when we agree with that, that's when your life begins to shift and you will move ahead in your life. We see that almost the same scenario happened in John chapter 21 which says, after this, Jesus appeared again to his disciples, to the disciples, this time at the Sea of Tiberias. The Tiberias Sea, which was actually the, the, uh, the Sea of Galilee. And this is how he did it. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the brothers Zebedee and two other disi disciples were together. Seven of them. Peter announced, I'm going fishing. The rest of them replied, we're going with you. They went out, got in the boat, they caught nothing that night. When the sun came up, Jesus was standing on the beach, but they didn't recognize him. Jesus spoke to them. Good morning. Did you catch anything for breakfast? They answered, no. He said, throw the net on the right side of the boat and see what happens. And they did what he said. All of a sudden, there were so many fish in it 
they weren't strong enough to pull it in. After fishing all night, they were almost ready to do anything that he suggested. Jesus said, throw your nets on the right side and see what happens. Right? Just, just a shift, not a big change, just from one side to another. Here's what we see. That the greatest shifts of God are initiated by us. The greatest shift of God, shifts of God are initiated by us. Just one small step of faith and obedience and the thing, same miracle happened. We're talking about making shifts. This whole series is about making shifts. So on your screen, I've got three questions for you. First question, what shift does God want to make in me? What shift, what, what change in, our, in, in an attitude or possibly an attribute, a perspective that we may have? What does God want to change in me? First shift. Second, what shift does God want to make through me to impact and to impart to the people around me in the community? What does God want to do through me, through my life? How does God want to use you? Amen? Third question, what shift does God want to make for me? What breakthrough does God want to give me that I've been, I've been asking God for maybe months and years? What miracle do you need in your life? Amen? I think this is a great opportunity right now to just take a few moments and to reflect. What does God want to do with my life? I want you to, so we're going to take just a few moments to just shut off everything else in your mind and just think about it. What, are the, what, are the, what shift does God want to make in me, through me, and what does he want to do for me? Think about it. And listen, don't assume that every shift has to be some big dramatic change. It's usually not a big change. It's, you know, like, it, it, it's not like, he, like he's asking you to like, leave the country or, or, or change careers or, or move to another city or, or get a different husband or get a different wife. Most of the time, what he's saying is, do what you're doing. What you're doing is right, but do it in a different way. Do it in a fresh, new way. Right? For example, you're already coming to church, and that's good, but do something different. You know, move from the larger setting to a smaller setting, from a larger group to a smaller group. Join a small group, right? Get connected to people. Integrate your life with other people, right? Start to pray for other people. Be open and honest. Pray for one another. Support one another. And you say, wow, that's, that's scary. You know, that's scary. That's, but I want to tell you, that's not a big deal, is it? Who knows what can happen, where that can lead to. Have you heard the saying? Big things can happen in small groups. Big things happen in small groups. Me, as a believer, I always, you know, I came to Christ. I wanted to avoid small groups because I was a loner. But when I joined a small group, my life changed. You know what happened? I met my wife. And when you meet your, li your wife, your whole life changes. Doesn't it, man? Don't hear too many amens in that. <laughs> What he's saying is don't get stuck in a rut. Break out of old routines, amen? Don't get inflexible. Stay flexible. And Jesus here mentions deep water. He says push out into deep waters. What does he mean? Well, deep waters can mean moving, doing something, going further, or, or taking some, some risks, risking more, or doing things 
in, in a fresh, new, different way, a fresh, uh, a, a change in methodology, a different approach. You know, one of the biggest problems I see today with people is that they get bored. People get bored pretty quickly, don't they? And they get bored when they get into a routine. And when they get into a routine and they get bored, they get critical. Isn't that true? You know, life is, you know, I am, life is so boring. Life is so boring. Same pastor, same church, same husband, same wife, same kids, right? You know, we start blaming other people for your boredom. Well, I need, well, I need something new. Here's the suggestion. How about changing you? How about getting a new you? You know, it's time you stood before the mirror and really looked at yourself and, 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 just, and, and you just said, admit it. And like, admit it, you're boring, right? Get a life, change, do something different, right? You know, it's time for you and I to ask God, what kind of shift do you want to make in me, through me, and for me, amen? I'm stuck in this life. There's more to it. I look at my own life, and I want, and you, I've, I've admitted so many times, I used to be a loner. I was not a people person when I became a believer in Christ. And when I, when I met Karen, and Karen and I, we were total opposites, weren't we? We are just total opposite. You know, she loved to hang with people. She had so many friends, I couldn't even count them. I don't think I had even one good close friend, not a real, you know, real on authentic friend. So that was a problem. You know, if I wanted to hang with Karen, well, then I needed to hang with people, right? And she made me feel uncomfortable. You know, she made me feel uncomfortable because she was way ahead in this realm of, of life with doing, other, doing life with other people. So, you know, we can be like that. She made me feel uncomfortable because she was beyond where I was with people. Let me tell you this. God wants us to feel uncomfortable. He wants us to be feel, feel uncomfortable. We all need people in our lives who make us uncomfortable in our routines, don't we? We need people who open us up to new territories, to, to God to his nudgings and to his promptings so that we could do and we could be, you know, we could, we could do something new and fresh and in, in a different way. You know, I, I say we need to say thank you to those type of people who do that in our life. Thank you for not allowing me to be comfortable. Amen? So the, so the word of the Lord today is don't get comfortable. You know, what, what are the other words synonymous with com- comfortable? Here's other words. Routine. Boring predictable, average. Today I'm, trying to, I'm going to challenge you with three areas that will help shift us and to move us ahead in life. Are you ready for these? Number one, don't get comfortable with safe, small prayers. Sometimes I hear myself praying and I realize, wow, I'm not believing God for much. My prayers are way too small, way too safe, Way too predictable. Amen? Pray prayers that are dangerous to pray. Take, take courage to pray. You know, some people will tell you, well, you shouldn't be asking God for that. You know, God is so busy managing the universe, and you're asking Him to open doors for you, your family? You know, that's selfish. No, that's, that's not selfish. You know what I realize? Most of the time, you know what that, 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 that comes from? That comes from other Christians who want to condemn you. And, and make you feel like you should keep your mouth shut and not ask God for too much. But that's not what the Word says. That's not what 
That's not what God's words says. In fact, God encourages us. Hebrews 4.16, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And there we will receive His mercy and we will find grace, His, his favor, His goodness, His kindness, His blessings to help us when we most, when He need it most. The words of Jesus, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, what? Receives. For everyone who seeks, what? And to everyone who knocks, what? The door will be open. You've got to understand her, understand the nature, his heart for you, towards you today. Verse 9, for you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? God wants boldness in our prayers. He wants us to pray audacious prayers that launch us into the deeper waters of faith and prayer. Amen? In Joshua, it's an incredible chapter, Joshua chapter 10. And we hear about an audacious prayer that's literally recorded in history. And it took place in a place called the Promised Land. And, and God's people, being led by Joshua, were standing in the Promised Land. But here there were all these enemies that they had to defeat and to oust and to kick out. And at this time, five kings of the Amorites decided to band together. And they got a whole bunch of other kings and territories. And it was about ten armies that were coming against Joshua and his people. And they were fighting over this place called Gibeon. And they were totally, I mean, the odds were just insurmountable. But in verse 12, Joshua 10, verse 12, it says, On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua did what? Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. And he said, Let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Agilon. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in, the pl in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Wow. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set as normal. Another version says, it did not say, it did not set for about a whole day. There has never been a day like this before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. You know what that tells us? God answers bold, audacious prayers. Sun, stand, still prayers. Sometimes we give up. We ask once, we give up. Tw we ask twice and we just give up, don't we? But God is telling us, be bold, be audacious in your prayers. Don't give up. Amen? I read a testimony, uh, testimony about a guy named jo, uh, Joe, and he was jobless. He put in 100 applications for jobs. His small group prayed for him, and after that 100th application, within 24 hours, he got a call, he got the job. A month later, he got a huge raise. Stuff like that happens in a place of prayer and faith. Amen? Number two, here's the second challenge. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable 
in the place that you're in. Don't get comfortable with the reality that you are comfortable. Amen? Well, I'm comfortable. And I, I guess and I, I'll, I'll always, don't be comfortable, right? You know where you're at. And you know it's not really where you're supposed to be, right? And maybe you just resigned yourself to the fact that's where you're always going to be. But let me tell you, I want to remind you, you are a born-again believer. You are born-again. You are a born-again, spirit-filled, faith-filled life is not a life of comfort. I don't hear too many amens. So what do you do? Here's what you can do. So on your screen. Remind yourself. Remind God of His promises. Remind God of His promises. It's one of the most powerful ways that you can pray. Find that promise and then pray that promise. Pray it with faith. Isaiah 62 verse 6. I posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. Day and night, they keep at it. Praying, calling out, reminding God to remember. They are to give him no peace until he does what he said. Wow. Until he makes Jerusalem famous as a city of praise. God doesn't forget. But something happens when we go to him and we remind him. You know what that sounds like? It sounds something like this. God, you said. God, you said. My God shall meet all my needs. All my needs through his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God, you said, no weapon forged against me shall prosper. God, you said, with long life you would satisfy me and show me my salvation. Amen? God, you said, by your stripes I am healed. Amen? God, you said, your favor lasts a lifetime beyond my mess-ups, beyond my screw-ups, beyond my goof-ups, beyond my mistakes. Beyond that, God, you said. Amen? Amen. Number three, don't get comfortable with a no-risk kind of faith. Don't get comfortable with a no-risk kind of faith. I've said this so many times. I found in, that in my relationship with God, what God wants of me more than anything is to have faith in Him and His words over my life. That's what God wants of me. And it won't always be at my convenience, my preferences, but it will always be about God setting me up for something bigger, something greater, something heaven set, something out of the ordinary in my life. God wants to lead us out of the ordinary, ordinary life, ordinary perspective, Ordinary giving, ordinary approach to life. He wants to lead us out. On your screen, when God asks you to do something out of the ordinary for Him, it's because He wants to do something out of the ordinary for you. Let's God give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. You're so for us, Lord. You don't want us to stagnate. Make the shift. See, let's say it together. Make the shift. Look at your per the person beside you and say, Make the shift. Make the shift. It's time to have uncommon faith. Radical faith for Jesus. Audacious faith for Jesus. We were never meant to be, you know, low living, half-hearted, lukewarm believers. God doesn't want that. He says, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Be either hot or be cold. Be either one or the other, one or the other. But don't be anything in between. Amen? 
That's the day we're living in. You cannot be a lukewarm believer today because there are things happening in our world that are going to test your faith. And you're going to fall or you're going to follow him. You make the choice. Amen? It's time for a shift. Time to have uncommon faith. I love what Karen Gerald says. Uncommon faith produces uncommon results. Common faith says, God, help me survive. Help me just to get through this. But uncommon faith says, God, turn it around. Turn it around, and I will become bigger. I'll become stronger, more blessed than I've ever been in my life. And that gives, God's, that gives God glory. God, you said, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to your purpose. God, I'm reminding you. I'm reminding you. It's time for a shift. Time to get daring. Time to go into deeper waters. You know, I, I question, could Holy Spirit be saying, you've played it too safe for too long? Could he be saying that to his church today? I believe so. And he's, changed, he's saying to his church, will you embrace this for your life? Will you embrace this? Last point. Don't settle mentally. Don't stop believing. Don't settle mentally. Don't stop believing. Don't stop asking. Don't stop dreaming for bigger, better things. People remember the good old days. People remember the good old days. I want to tell you, the good old days are gone. They're done. They're over. So what's left, right? And see this, and I've heard this, heard this, Someone say this, let's be thankful for what God has done. But let's, let's not assume that what God has done is all that God wants to do. Right? I love this analogy. I've used it maybe several times before over the past years, but I love the story of Christopher Columbus. Remember that? What's the slogan? Columbus sailed the ocean blue in what? 1492. Is that right? Great story. In the 1400s, the, the, the nation of Spain was thought, literally thought to be the end of the, or, of, of the world. The, the Spain was thought to be the very end of civilization. And if you visited Spain, you'd be greeted with these words. New, plo, new, plo, ultra. And you know what that means? No more beyond. This was Spain's, Spain's slogan. And they were proud of it. And, you know, and, and if you were a visitor to Spain, you know, their slogan was, hey, come to Spain. The very end of the world. And they have those three words, ne plus ultra, inscribed on all their maps and all their coins. Ne plus ultra. Nothing beyond this. Right? So, people today... If you, look, if you look at what happened in Spain, I see people today can have that same attitude inscribed on their life, right? And I think it's, it's, it's common tendency for, for people, all people to settle mentally. I think everyone set, can easily settle mentally. And I, I, men settle, settle mentally, so do women, right? Young people settle mentally, old people, young people. Believers settle, unbelievers settle. But thank God Christopher Columbus didn't settle. 
Christopher Columbus didn't settle. He challenged that model. He got three ships, the Pinta, the Nina, and the Santa Maria, and he headed out into the ocean blue, and he discovered a whole new world. Remember that story? And when the king of Spain heard about it, he changed the model. He took off the N-E off the model, of that model, and he changes it to this. Blue, ultra, more beyond, more beyond. God has much more in mind for every one of us. Amen? It says that Abraham was 99 years old when God appeared to him. In Genesis chapter 17, 17 verse 3, that this Abraham, Abraham fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you a father of a multitude of nations. 99 years old when God came to Abraham. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. So we see here, what seemed like the end was just the beginning. I say, listen, if you're still here and you're still breathing, I want to tell you that God has more in mind for you. But God, but God, I'm ready to retire. Yeah, you could retire, but not from God and not from His purpose. Amen? You're living, you're breathing. God has a purpose for you to fulfill. You haven't finished it yet. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just trying to encourage you. I say, whatever age, whatever background, whatever history, God has more for you. Don't settle in your own version of Spain. Amen? I know, I know you're, some of you here, you've had, you know, like many of us, you've had disappointments, you've had setbacks, and maybe you're, maybe you're not very excited about your life anymore because of the setbacks. But I want to tell you, hang in there. Don't give up. Because, of God, because God is the God of healing. He's the God of restoration. He's the God of resurrection. Amen? He's the God that still turns beauty from ashes. Amen? He still gives you the oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment, the, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. He still turns graves into gardens, doesn't he? You know, a God is a God of victory. It's not the end of your story. Amen? Finish with one scripture. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 19. Paul said, For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, He always does what He says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Wow. You know, sometimes I believe we just got to set aside our reasoning, our rational thinking, and we got to soak ourselves in the promises of God. You know, I heard a prophet said, prophet say, there's a famine of the declaration of the word of God in the church today. There's a famine. There's so much power in the declaration. And God wants us to declare His promises over our, your lives, over your families, over our churches, and over our future. Amen? See, we, every single one of us, we're all in a process. We all need a shift. So let's 
Press on towards the mark. Let's press on to take hold of what Jesus took hold of us for. Amen? So the challenge is to be bold. It's to be daring. You know, if you're stuck, for example, you're stuck in this job that's going nowhere and, and you don't like it, well then, you know, apply for a new job. Like do something different. If you're stuck in your life and you're just coming to church and you're going out the door, well then join a small group. You know, get connected to people. Volunteer and serve in some areas. Boy, we, do we need volunteers? Yeah, team leads, do we need volunteers? In every department, we need volunteers. We need volunteers and volunteers in our AV team to, to get educated and help become a team. We need volunteers on our worship team, in our kids' ministry. In every area, we need people to serve. People who take a shift. Let God use them. So, question. Question again. What shift does God want to do in you? What shift does he, was God want to make through you? What shift does He want to make for you? What are you believing God for? Amen? And I'd say, you know, let's not get stuck in the comfortable ruts and the routine of life. Let's, 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 let's leave behind that, that no-risk type of faith, right? Let's, let's pray bigger, bolder prayers, and let's allow God to move us ahead in life. Amen? And let's not play it so safe that we miss out, that we can literally miss out on what God has for us in this day and in our future. So, let's make the shift. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? Say, shout amen. 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 Bow your heads. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, the first point that we made today was if you let Jesus into the boat, anything can happen. Jesus promises to give you a life, a full life, full of promises, full of challenge, full of change, full of impossible things made possible by His power. But listen, it's not a life without promises, but it's a life of joy. It's a life of peace, purpose here on this earth. And when you die, the greatest gift eternal life in heaven and today if you've never done this before you can receive this new life this gift of life by receiving Christ in your life who died on the cross shed your blood to pay for his sins to pay for your sins and so that you could be become born again literally have a brand new start in life and to have an incredible thing called a relationship with God through his son Jesus Christ if you've never done that today you can do that and, you can, and if you say this prayer with all sincerity, with all your heart, you will receive the gift of eternal life. So if that's you, I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're watching on, online, say this prayer after me. Jesus, I believe that you died. You shed your blood on the cross to pay for all my sins. Please forgive me for all and every sin that, sin that I've committed. Today, Father, today, Lord, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Make me into that new person. In Jesus' name I ask and pray. Amen and amen.